Hey guys, I'm Nick here with Tanner and Zach, and thanks for tuning into the Voyager Way, a podcast dedicated to sharing our passion for everything outdoors with listeners just like you. Whether it's talking about incredible trips we've been on, teaching you the best way to get your own adventure started, or talking with amazing guests about the incredible things they've done or places they've been. You can find it all here on the Voyager Way. What's good, everybody? Welcome back to The Voyager Way, your one-stop shop for all things outdoor adventure-esque. Today, Zach and I are beyond excited to talk to our second guest on the podcast ever and our first female guest ever. To say this girl is an outdoor adventure badass would definitely be an understatement. Today, we're going to be talking with her about downhill skiing since that season is kind of creeping up on us here, but also just about some of her other cool outdoor adventures that she's been on. I actually connected with her when I was down in Nebraska going to physical therapy school. And once we found out how much we both loved spending time outside doing literally anything, we became super good friends. Her name is Meredith Bowen. And without further ado, let's get into the amazing conversation that Zach and I were able to have with her. All right, Meredith, this is like the best thing ever. We are so freaking stoked that you agreed to be on the podcast. How are you doing this morning? I'm doing well. I'm happy to be here. Awesome. First thing, this is like, honestly, like for me too, can you just give um, us a little update on kind of where you're at as far as like PT school? Because I know you guys are doing it differently um, than obviously we did it. And I'm sure like COVID is kind of switching stuff up again uh, a little bit too. So kind of where are you at right now with all that stuff? For sure. So it's a little um, up in the air right now, honestly. So um, I had my first rotation uh, at the end of August through the end of September and that was in Montrose Colorado which is a small town in western Colorado and I absolutely loved it I think I hiked 914 or when I was there and um, (laughs) yeah (laughs) I hiked more than 25 miles every weekend besides one of them were they all pretty close or did you got like did you guys have to drive quite a ways to get to them so the closest one is about 40 minutes away, but to get up to the trailhead, it probably takes an hour and a half. Dang. Okay. And that's like the closest one. Yeah. So the other ones I went to were like 2.15, like two hours and 15 minutes away. Yeah. Yep. So, I mean, they're definitely close, but not right yeah. in the back. But still, you kind of had to make a trip of it. Yeah. So that was your, was that like your first rotation? Because like the way um that ours was set up was like you do four like longer rotations um and then you had like some other ones that were just like during the day so was that your very first rotation that you were on yeah that was my very first one okay and how many have you done since then so now i'm on my second one so it'll be four eight week rotations hopefully i'm crossing my fingers a couple people are starting to get canceled um for the next semester already just because of the COVID numbers yeah um so I'm really really hoping that does not happen but um, are all your are all your set already yeah so all of mine are set okay yeah so I'm Um, now in Nebraska City which is quite the change from Montrose Colorado yeah so do you have an idea of where you would like to ideally kind of end up with um a job kind of when all of this is over yeah, so I definitely want to make my way out to Colorado. And after being <laughs> on the western slopes, I want to be out there rather than the front range. It's just so different, and there's way less tourism, and um, there's a lot more like native 
like Colorado natives who are like, you know, it's just not the glorified like type of Colorado experience, which I kind of appreciate. Yeah, Um, because I know, I I know in school, sorry to interrupt. I know in school we talked about like when you were growing up, do you guys have, did you guys have a ranch in, was it Montana or Utah? Was it one of those two? Yeah, it's Montana. So every year growing up, um, since I was like zero years old, I was just months old. (laughs) (laughs) We would go um, to our ranch in Melrose, Montana. It's a town of about 70 people. And um, there's a lower ranch and an upper ranch. And we would spend between two to three weeks out there every summer. And there's, I mean, there's no... Um, no, like internet, cell phone, any of that stuff. So it was just the absolute best growing up. So I've always, um, been partial to the mountains. <laughs> I was going to say, so, do you think that's what kind of like is drawing you to the, like the Western part of Colorado? 100%. Cause I would in a heartbeat live in Montana. The only thing that I like second guess is the distance from Nebraska. Cause my yeah. family and I are super close. So, you know, when it's like 18 and a half hours out there, um with good weather conditions it's just kind of like yeah tough i mean yeah that's kind of far how long of a drive is it to get to your ranch from from nebraska yeah so that's 18 and a half hours wow that is what it is so you guys would do that every summer yeah we would have so much stuff for three weeks that you couldn't fly you know because we come with like fly rods and spin rods and all my fishing and all that kind of gear. So <laughs> it was, we never packed lightly, that's for sure. <laughs> oh, yeah. So when I grew up, growing up, I know like my family, especially my dad's uncles, grandpa, um, they really got me involved with things like hunting and fishing and trying to get me outside as much as possible. We'd take family trips to state parks, doing all that kind of stuff. So would you say that yeah. your family had a pretty big impact as far as like kind of prioritizing that type of stuff with you growing up as well oh for sure I mean and actually I've listened to a couple of your guys podcasts and I can totally like I can see that you guys have had this kind of experience from a young age too but um yeah my family's definitely what got me into it and specifically my dad my mom's not a huge uh outdoors person but uh she would always come along and go hiking and stuff like that but my dad is a like avid hunter and fisher. And nice. so the past um, month has been archery hunting, like bow hunting for deer every yep. morning and every evening. That sounds like what Zach's been doing. Yeah, <laughs> the last yeah I can relate for sure. <laughs> um, so on your ranch, what would you say was like your favorite thing to do as like a kid when you would go there? Like, I'm sure just kind of, exploring and going as far as you could doing I mean as a kid your imagination just runs wild but what would you say was like your favorite thing to go do yeah so my favorite thing was um there were horses up there so we would ride the horses up to the lakes and then we'd spend the entire day at the lake fishing and just like hanging out on the huge rocks and there was we would always go in August because that's when the weather is like 100 degrees and 100% humidity in Nebraska. So we would, yeah, it's time to leave when that happens. Um, <laughs> so when we would go up there, uh, there would be a snow up there at the top of the lake. And as a kid, you just think that that's the coolest thing coming from the heat of the Nebraska summer to having yep. snow. 
so we would like penguin slide down the snow on the rocks and our dads no would stand <laughs> our dads would stand at the bottom of like the snow pile and make sure we didn't slide off into the rocks yeah. you know? but <laughs> <laughs> that was my favorite thing as a kid at the ranch so and i know we kind of talked a little bit about this um when we were in pt school together about how um like we kind of get drawn to people who love like going out of their way to do stuff outside and like go on kind of those kind of adventures. How do you think like that growing up with like doing all that kind of stuff with your family influenced like high school and college friends and like activities that you did and then even like going into grad school? Yeah. So, well, going to the ranch, we would always go with one of our best family friends, um, the Dowdings. And so Okay. That was always so much fun to go out there together and like share those experiences. But I will say, and we've talked about this before, like it's hard to find super outdoorsy people in like Lincoln and Omaha, Nebraska. Yes. Um, <laughs> and I mean, I'm not like a, I don't hunt. I will, I love. So this summer I learned how to fly fish. Um, Sick. And I had my like first couple trips on the river because I mean, for summers I've been doing it in my neighbor's pond and like catching bluegill and stuff, but that's very yep. different than going on a river. So I had my first river trips this summer, but like besides fishing, I'm not a huge hunter and that's what most of the outdoors, like that's the most outdoorsy thing people do around here. Like the most common one, I would yeah. say. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, um, I mean, you occasionally find, and I definitely have found people in PT school that are more like-minded. Like, Elise, she's one of my best friends in PT school. Uh, yep. Like, she will run, you know, like 13 miles with me, or like, she oh, would geez. hike anything. And she, we went on two ski trips together last year before all of them shut down. And so oh. it's just, fun to find people like that and it's hard to do you know so for sure yeah I don't know if that answers your question but I feel like you kind of just pick them up along the way yeah no that was and that's the cool thing is like you don't really even having one extra person like to go with you on some of this stuff like makes that much of a difference you know what I mean like sometimes it's nice to be alone and like do that kind of stuff and experience I mean just also just have some quiet like is kind of sometimes what it boils down to but even if you just meet one or two people who enjoy doing that kind of stuff, who like are willing to come with, and even if they don't enjoy it as much as you do, but they're willing to come with, sometimes that's what you can do. Um, that's like, with my family, because I love to hike long distances. So growing up, uh, they would always let me pick the hike. Well, I, I guess I was older. I was more in like high school and stuff because I had a phone yep. and I had the app All Trails which if people haven't used that, I highly recommend it. But yes. um, so like in order to get my family to go on the hikes, I wanted to do, this is so bad. I would tell them it was half the distance. because <laughs> so like <laughs> If we were going to a lake and it was round trip 10 miles, I would say, oh, it's only five miles, you know? Oh, no. <laughs> When you're in the mountains and you're hiking incline, you have no, like, sense of how long a mile is, I feel like. No way, yeah, yeah. And so we could be they, walking for 30 minutes and be like, oh, that was a good mile. It's like, wait, what? Yeah, and so, and you just have so much fun while you do it. And, you know, if they don't know, and some of that stuff is such a mental game. Like, yeah. oh, I can't hike 10 miles. Yes, you can. You just did it, you know. You yeah. thought it was five. <laughs> 
Yeah, joke's on you. You just did. Yeah, so if so you need to pull you... anybody along with you, that's a good way to do it. <laughs> so do you have any ambition, do you think, to ever do like a long distance trail, like something like the Pacific Crest Trail or like the Appalachian Trail or like one of those like bigger trails, either in the U.S. or somewhere else around the world? Yeah, I would absolutely love to do that. So actually, this is kind of like where I want to go next with it is to start backpacking. That's something I haven't done a lot of like what the only camping I've really done is car camping, like while hiking. And so I think the next step is like really getting into the whole actually like hike all day, set up camp, you know, and then just keep progressing from there. So, but I would, that is definitely a goal in the future is some type and so it, I don't even know where yet, you know, but I, that's what I want to get into next. Yeah, for sure. So when you were doing the, the 14ers in Colorado, it sounds like you guys were just doing some car camping and then you would do kind of like the day hikes and then come back after that. Yep, exactly. That's exactly what awesome. we would do. Sometimes we'd cool. even just leave super early that morning, you know. So kind of going back to a little bit of um, the skiing stuff, like you said, yeah. you said that Cause I know we talked about you went on some trips, um, during college and you went to UNL down in Lincoln. Uh Um, and then even some trips like in PT school, some people, um, I guess what, what was it about like those kind of, like, what was it about skiing that made you prioritize planning and going on a trip, like making the time to go on a skiing trip rather than like some other kind of trip? Like what, what, like what draws you to skiing? Yeah. So I've always been, I've always loved going fast and just things that are kind of like, I guess, adrenaline rushes ever since I was little. I mean, I was a little wild child. And so um, (laughs) my first time skiing, so I did gymnastics growing up. um, And we would go starting, I think I was in sixth grade. So I was probably 11 or 12 when I started. Which, looking back on things, I wish I would have started younger because I just, you know, you see those little two-year-olds on the mountain and you're like, I wish that was me. But, yeah, going um, faster than I am going and it's like, okay, yeah. cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, my dad loves to ski, but my mom's a little, uh, she's a little cautious. She's a little hesitant. So in her gotcha. older, in her later years, she hasn't like, wasn't, wasn't into that. So that's just something we didn't do as young children you know yeah and so we had a gymnastics meet every year in grand junction and i cannot believe my coach would let us do this but afterwards we'd all go (laughs) see because that's a great way to tear an acl or something like that yeah yeah, Um, right (laughs) she was quite strict so i looking back i'm like i can't believe she let us do that but so we would go to um this mountain called sunlight village and it was a smaller resort. It all funneled into the same base, which was super nice. You couldn't get lost, really. Um, cool. And so just after that first experience, I fell in love with it. And um, yep. I was like, I have to keep doing this. And I'm also one where I like to continually like challenge myself. Like I hated moguls, but I, sp- I made myself spend like three feet trips. <laughs> literally just doing oh. moguls so that Dang. i could so your get knees were hurting you know <laughs> yeah my <laughs> knees were unwell after that <laughs> but um i just have such a 
no, you're good. But I just have such a drive with it that keeps me coming back. And like, just that feeling of I love when you're flying down a mountain and you have like a little ledge and you don't know what's on the other side of that. And just like <laughs> being able to like continually like have confidence going over things like that and like you don't know what's below you but you're gonna do it I think that's what has made me go every year since then because yeah I like put it into my I'm like I have to go I can't miss a year you prioritize it for yeah that's awesome so when, when did you like because I know some people especially with skiing in general some people might like want to get into it but it's I think there's a and it's kind of a true um truism with like skiing is just that it's, it is a little more expensive if you want to like invest in the gear and maybe get the, the ski lifts and the passes. But I feel like I've talked to some people who it's, I mean, and it all like depends, like some people will spend a lot of money like on totally different things. So if you want to prioritize like the ski trips and spend money on that kind of stuff, and that's mm-hmm. like, that's just exactly what you can do. But I feel like if with people who enjoy doing multiple different things, the skiing might seem like a little bit more of an expensive hobby than they'd like to. But yeah. I've talked to some people that have been able to do it pretty um, kind of on a budget and not actually like not have it be too bad, whether that's like investing in your own stuff up front so you don't have to rent it every time. Or like if you know you're going to be able to go enough, then you can buy know, like ski passes or something like that. But what's been your, um, what's been like, what have you seen with, or what have you, you been able to do to kind of like just work with that kind of stuff, like budget wise and yeah, For sure. all that stuff? especially when I um when I've been going in college and stuff and without my family I try to be as thrifty as possible especially during PT school because that's not cheap and you don't have a job (laughs) yes always never fun but um (laughs) you make it work so yeah so last year I got the icon pass which with the student deal it was only like four hundred dollars which i was like that's the way to go because if well i'm not really sure i don't have experience skiing anywhere but colorado but at least for colorado the mainstream ski resorts i mean for like one day can be up to i mean it could be over 300 bucks you know yeah so i definitely think the way to do it if you're on a budget is um well i Personally, I think you get the most bang for your buck at Copper Mountain. So if you haven't been okay. there, I highly recommend trying it. It's like very reasonable, but the mountain is huge and the scene is so good. Um, nice. But I would definitely say like, especially if you're just getting into it, go to a smaller resort for sure. Okay. It's less expensive. It's way less overwhelming. You don't have to spend like too much time trying to figure out where to go down and like end up okay. You know, (laughs) you're not going to accidentally end up on a double black unless you want to be on one and you would probably have to have taken like a separate lift for that or something. (laughs) Yeah. So they would would warn you beforehand. (laughs) Yeah. So I think that's one way where you can save a lot of money. Another thing is like, so I, um, progressively like each year I've asked for another item of like ski gear for Christmas. So yep. that also helps a lot. So like not getting nice. everything at once. Cause that's, I mean, that's a good amount of money, but like 
I got my skis off eBay, you know, while I was in PT school. Yeah. I was like, after this, I can, when I have a job and stuff, like, yeah, I'll get nicer skis. But for right now, these do the trick. And I'm only for sure going on like two trips a year, you know, so it's not like I need yep. something super great. Another thing is, um, like, if you, so there's a place in Silverthorne that we used to rent in college um every year and it's called uh virgin island skis <laughs> shout out to them <laughs> but um it's way, way less expensive i mean it's so reasonable to rent skis there versus nice. like getting them in the mountain village or like at the mountain shop for the ski resort or something like oh, that so, so if you just put yeah. a little forethought into it it's a little it's cheaper you can find places that aren't too bad yeah for sure and if nice. you're i mean if you're like lodging closer to the resort you just i mean it might be a little out of your way to scoop them out like scoop them up on the way out but i personally think when you're on a budget that's the way to go also one more place like go for it nick sorry yeah well no i was just gonna say like it just seems like especially when people are getting into it for whatever reason skiing seems like one of those and i think i talked to you about this about having like people who have never been skiing before or haven't been skiing that often, like it feels like one of those yeah. activities you can pick up pretty quick. Yeah, I would definitely say so. And I mean, I think you just kind of have to be thrown into it and do it personally. Yeah. Um, I mean, my brother and I, so what we did is we took a half day semi-private lesson. And I mean, I feel like I've been set for life with a half of a day, you know? Nice. Um, yep. And I've taught a few people. I will say if like other people are teaching you, maybe just make sure they're patient people. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, otherwise you you might be getting taken down by ski control. But um <laughs> yeah, I definitely especially if you're on a green or something, it's really it's really easy to pick up. Yeah. And you can like, and even like, you're not going to be like, you're not going to be going down the double black diamonds at the end of your first day. But I feel like no. even at the end of your first day doing it, like you can have, like, you can enjoy the process enough and like just being with your friends and like just doing those greens or whatever. And I feel like in my experience, sometimes those like the green, like the easier hills are almost nicer because they sometimes they're a little bit longer because it takes yeah. you instead of just cooking down a double black at like however fast you're going like you're just going a little bit slower like down this green so it's a little like i mean there's there's um pros and cons about that stuff obviously and sometimes it sounds like especially with you you just get up there and see you later i'll just see you at the bottom of the hill but Uh um you you can like pick it up enough like the first or second day that you can like you can have a good enough time going down like a bunch of different slopes so there's always options i feel like Oh, for sure. And that's such a great way to like see a whole mountain, you know, um, and they go way faster so you can do way more of them. So have you ever gotten into like cross country skiing as well? I'm sure. Um, I don't know if like in Nebraska, they have a lot of trails around for like cross country skiing during the winter. Um, but is that something that you've done or ever wanted to try in, um, in collaboration, I guess, with the downhill part of skiing as well? Yeah, that's so funny you ask, um, because as soon as I got home from my first rotation in Colorado, so I'm missing ski season by like a month, um, oh. which was kind of, which is kind of sad, but I got home <laughs> and I think the first, 
I told my parents, I was like, I'm, it better snow here soon because I want to try cross country skiing. So I've never hey. done it before, but um, I plan on doing it this uh, winter. And at UNL, there's like an outdoor adventure center. And I know you can rent them from there for a reasonable, oh, nice. very reasonable price. So I'm going to yeah, try that. I don't know. Have you guys ever done that? I've had a little bit of experience uh, in college. We had a similar, um, I worked at this outdoor leadership center place where we were able to rent out um, the outdoor gear for like the university. And so we had all these trails going through our campus in the winter. And so I dabbled a little bit with it. I wasn't very good at it, but it was a good reason and a good excuse to get outside and get some exercise as well as see the um, campus a little bit more and kind of get out in the woods and just enjoy uh, the nice days. I think I preferred snowshoeing over the cross country skiing, but I've slowly gotten okay. a little bit more enjoyment out of it. Yeah, once it. I've gotten a little bit yeah. better at it. Nice. I've heard it is very hard. Yeah, that's <laughs> it's uh <laughs> I, I just reminded me of one time we were skiing on a family trip and my mom got lost. She like didn't go down the oh, right no. thing and so she ended up literally cross country skiing for like do miles like she she got super lost it was supposed to be like downhill skiing but she's like i was gone for three hours because i was just in the middle of the woods just oh turned into a like, cross-country ski trail oh. she eventually got back oh. but she was like that was awful poor thing oh yeah especially yeah. on skis that aren't made for that i can only imagine because I, oh, I was i weird. will say oh go for it nick sorry no, no, it's just we were kind of cracking up when she was telling us the story because you can just imagine how shitty it would have been <laughs> to do that. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, well, that's like I uh, hate pushing when I ski. So I'm like, I don't know if I would like cross-country skiing. But I feel like when yeah, I start something, I like to get better at it regardless if I like it or not. So I'm like, oh, I'm at least going to give it a fair shot. <laughs> Yeah, that might be and like there might be more of a form thing with that cross country stuff than there is with the downhill, but yeah, I'm yeah. sure. So as far as skiing, I know like for me growing up, I didn't know until I got a little bit older, I didn't know many people that like skied. And I think it might just be because of where I'm from and there's just not as many opportunities to do it in Minnesota as in like Colorado or places like that. So mm -hmm. if there's people listening that maybe that's something that they've always wanted to try and get into, but maybe they don't have friends that do it or may not have the interest. What would you recommend for them to kind of get into the sport? Like how could they go about doing it if maybe they don't have the resources or contact to go on like a ski trip with their family, or they may not have quite as many resources around them? You know, that's a good question. I feel like... <laughs> That is a really good question because that's like I was just kind of thrown into it, you know, um, like yeah, with yep. your, my gymnastics team and stuff, which was kind of nice. And then we ended up loving it so much that just kind of became like a family thing we would occasionally do as well. But I feel like at every college, you can find other people who like to ski. So I know us at UNL. I was in the Greek system and ski trip is a huge thing. So like that's yeah. how I found a group in college that liked to ski. And I just feel like, because I feel like the, at least in Nebraska, like at the university, I feel like you can kind of network through that way. Like, Oh, you went on ski trip every year. Like, Hey, you ever want to like, 
ski tips just get thrown together. Like last year, I went on a ski trip with, I think like six or seven people and I only knew two of them, you know? <laughs> so it's just like, I <laughs> yeah, feel <yeah>. like <laughs> a lot of the times it's the most random thrown together group, but I have found that that is so fun. And then they just become your scene buddies. So like then anytime you go yeah. on a trip, you just offer it out to like the whole network and you're like, Hey, I want to go skiing on these dates. Does anybody else want to go? And then it becomes, I mean, once you find like one or two others who are down to go try it, it becomes super easy from there on out. And I feel like that's kind of the same thing we were talking about before is like with a lot of this stuff that you really just need to convince one or maybe two people like to come For with, sure. like, especially if you can like, especially if you know how to do it on a budget, then it's really like no love lost. You can just like, okay, Hey, let's like, we're like, we're interested enough in getting into skiing. Like, let's kind of get these couple, like do it this way. So we're staying on a budget. So we're not like spending a ton of money on this trip, but just like, see mm-hmm. if we like it. So you really just like maybe need one or two other people, like you said. Um, and I feel like for a lot of these things, half of it is just putting yourself out there and just kind of saying, I want to try this. I'm maybe going to go check out this, like, ski lesson or I'm going to go check out this club's event or something like that. And maybe I have to go by myself, but you meet all those other people that are like-minded and are kind of doing the same thing. And then you all of a sudden build these friendships and connections to all these different people and resources that you can use kind of moving forward from that. Okay. I have one more question. I want to just like hear a little about about skiing in Minnesota and what's that, what that's like. I can't talk a whole lot about it. Skiing has kind of never been something that I've done a lot of. There's a, mm-hmm. a ski hill with uh, quotations around it. Um, yeah. yeah it's, <laughs> it's not very big, but um, located in central Minnesota. That I think I've probably been to maybe two or three times growing up. Um, but we'd spend like the whole day there going skiing, just kind of going mm-hmm. up and down because you could go down it so fast. It's not super big. So we do a lot of that. And then in college, uh, like I'd mentioned, getting into cross-country skiing, um, I think each year I progressively went more and more, and I kind of slowly started to figure it out a little bit more. And I had a few friends my junior and senior year that were actually pretty good at skiing, so I was able to learn a few tricks from them and kind of get a little bit better, mm-hmm. so it was a little bit more enjoyable. Um, and I had people to go with as well. So That's a good kind of hack. If you can find somebody who's like better at it than you, then like you can learn like you can learn how to do it way easier in like I a would, day as yeah. opposed to like a month. <laughs> yeah. I 100% agree with that. I feel like that's kind of where I made my like big jump in my skiing skills is from going with people who were better than me. So yep, 100%. For you people listening, I especially like I know a lot of people hate their first days of skiing, but like stick with it. I just love this quote that someone told me this on the ski lift. And he said, yeah. skiing is easy to learn, but hard to master. Whereas snowboarding gotcha. is the opposite. It's hard to learn, but easier to master. So I would just say, you know, keep trying and stick with it and like go with people who are going to push you out of your comfort zone. Yeah. And the cool thing about those kind of people, I feel like is if, if they are better than you, then chances are they obviously love doing it. It's like, they'd be a lot easier to talk into going on a trip like that. Probably. <laughs> 100%. Yeah. <laughs> And I feel like in every activity you do, the people who are like really into that stuff, like they are always more than willing to help get other people involved in it and like volunteer their time and energy to like help people 
do it. Like I know I would want to do the same for like the things mm-hmm. that I've done more of like canoeing and those kinds of things. Whereas I'm sure you can find the same type of things with skiers and every other activity. So that's always cool to find those people who are just so genuinely thrilled about that activity that they want to help yeah. others get involved in it as well. Yeah. And, and for, uh, for people who live in Minnesota listening, um, our family growing up would go, if you go up like more by the Grand Marais and um, like Lutzen area and like Northern Minnesota, that's where it gets a little more, like you get enough elevation, definitely not as much as Colorado, but you get enough elevation where um, like it's a little closer to the Colorado skiing than like some of the like bunny hills and like the central Minnesota stuff. Um, <laughs> so if you have, if you live North of the twin cities, then it's, it's probably a, like three or four hour drive, you think up to Lutzen or, yeah Yeah. so it's nothing it's like i mean it's it's a good drive but um you you want to make a weekend out of it maybe a long weekend but um that's where we that's where we went growing up a lot um and there's some really there's some really fun lodges and i mean all those that's like half the fun is those little ski towns that you just go up there and like everything's like just gorgeous up up in the winter and like you get done with the long day of skiing you can just like hang out go grab like some food or just hang out at the lodge and do all kind of stuff but that's like half of the allure is just hanging out with like all your friends after the fact and those, those nice little, um, and they're probably even like smaller and like more authentic in Colorado. I feel like, I mean, there, I'm, I'm sure there's some bigger places that are like a little more like touristy, if you would call them that. But, um, I know Meredith, Meredith, did you say you got, you guys kind of stay in like a, some smaller stuff or you've stayed in both? Yeah. So a lot of the ski towns themselves are actually pretty small. Um, and I do. So like, living there i wouldn't want to necessarily like live in the touristy towns but like being a skier there is so much fun if that makes sense like i'd want to live far from that but just being they look i mean it just looks like you're in a little storybook town you know and definitely the yeah just like you were saying i feel like that's half the experience too especially for some people who love that kind of stuff and yeah. Yeah. Cool. So if anybody's listening, has ever thought about getting into skiing or snowboarding or like anything like that, hopefully this kind of helped answer some of your questions. And I got a quick yeah. last question What's from up? Meredith. Um, so I know obviously right now with COVID, the restrictions are a little bit tight in a lot of places, but I'm just curious if COVID wasn't a thing right now. And I guess money wasn't really an issue as well as like free time, where would be like your ideal destination to go do a ski trip? Oh, okay. I want to go to Whistler, Canada so badly. I also want to go to Big Sky, Montana. How far away is Big Sky from your ranch? Okay, that's a good question. I'm not exactly sure. I think it's between like three to four hours. So it's a decent drive. But I know the roads up there in the winter are gnarly. So (laughs) (laughs) probably be flying to that one. But um, that's definitely on the bucket list is Big Sky, Montana. Nice. Something to look forward to after you graduate, huh? Oh, for sure. Might have to be the graduation trip. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there you go. Cool. Well, we won't take up too much more of your time. I know you got to go uh, cheer on your Husker football. Um, oh, yeah. And I'm sure we could have talked for hours and hours about playing more adventures. So, And I'm sure the listeners would love to hear more from you. So maybe we'll get you on the podcast again sometime if you would be down for that. Yeah, I would love to. This has been so much fun. Thank you guys so much for asking me to do it. Yeah, no worries. The pleasure is all ours. So we'll let you go here, but um, thanks for taking time out of your Saturday and we will keep in touch. Thanks, Meredith. Um, Of course. Thank you guys so much.
for tuning in to the Voyager Way podcast. Follow us on social media at The Voyager Way for more content from all our outdoor adventures and plenty of how-to videos to get you started on some adventures of your own.